The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Fear the Rambling Dead, the unofficial Fear the Walking Dead internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, September 5th, 2016, and I'm your host, Pachulo, filling in for Deadly. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit AMC series as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts. All she wanted to do was waltz. It's Deidre. <laughs> Next up, he's all about the badassery. It's Legionnaire. Yo, yo, bromigo! And last but not least, you can always find her hanging out in an elevator chute. It's Madison Fitzpatrick. Okay, okay, I can I can handle that. That was badassery that, too. That looked fun, yeah. <laughs> like she she was having a hard time climbing up that and I'm like, you know what? That's probably me. Yep, that's probably me, to be honest. See so you need to get your parkour on or something. I know, I have to I have to prepare myself for the post apocalypse. Exactly. Lesson learned. Exactly. So, let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 10, titled Do Not Disturb, and aired on uh, September 4th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. A flashback shows the Mexican hotel hosting a wedding when the father of the bride dies from a heart attack and turns. Elena, the hotel manager, locks all of the guests in the ballroom in an attempt to contain the outbreak. In the present, Alicia manages to escape the walkers on her floor and meets Elena, who agrees to help her find Madison and Strand. They reach the ground floor of the hotel, where they are confronted by the surviving hotel guests. They demand Elena's keys to the hotel in return for safe passage and her nephew. Elena gives them the keys, but they are pursued by the infected. Alicia and Elena take shelter in a locked room where they reunite with Madison and Strand. Meanwhile, Travis and Chris travel the Mexican countryside. Unknown to Travis, Chris steals supplies from another survivor group. Travis teaches Chris how to drive. When they make camp 
at night, they are confronted by the group that Chris stole from, who reveal themselves to be Americans who were on spring break when the outbreak hit. They are interested in recruiting Travis and Chris into their group. Chris takes a liking to them, but Travis does not trust them. The next day, they stop at a farm to scavenge supplies and are confronted by the farmer who lives there. The farmer shoots one of the tourists in the leg, prompting Chris to shoot and kill the farmer, much to Travis's horror. Burr, burr, burr. I think Travis is horrified by everything. But that's a whole other story for a whole other day, or maybe right now. So let's get into everyone's initial reaction to the episode Do Not Disturb. Let's start off with Madison. What did you think of it? Um, I really liked this episode. Like, it wasn't obviously one of my top favorites, but um, definitely more interesting than the past couple episodes. The, um, the whole intro scene with the wedding i really enjoyed that uh because you know like when they first found this hotel and everything they were looking around and there's wedding stuff everywhere and you kind of look you're like i want to know what happened right so it was really cool how we got that look and you know when the dad had a heart attack and started eating his daughter that was kind of like awesome yeah (laughs) well no it was to me it was like oh that's obviously gonna happen like whatever um but it was really cool and i liked um seeing how alicia was more you know badass in this episode i really liked that um chris bugged me this episode so much though i just kind of wanted to punch him through the screen like all the time it was just i'm i'm done with him i'm (laughs) over it so yeah when we can move on from that it'll be a little easier but it was all in all it was pretty decent episode i like how it's picking up a little bit more so for sure there you go legionnaire did you like seeing a father eat his daughter out no but what, what were your initial thoughts on the episode stop that <laughs> stop <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Don't. i killed legionnaire <laughs> deidre take it away would you did you like Nair? seeing the the father eat the daughter out is anybody here? I'm here. <laughs> okay. Can you not hear me? No, we can hear you, Deidre. We can't. No, just Legionnaire hadn't oh. responded. Legionnaire was was uh, traumatized. No, the episode, was, the episode was a good one. I liked the 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 evolution of Alicia. I thought it was really cool. She she gave us some some badassery, and we got Brenda Strong joining the cast. It looks like at least for. Yes, Mary Alice Young. Maybe she'll still be there. If she dies, she'll narrate it. I like her. She's so tall. She really is. She's a she's a regular Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Deidre, what's your initial reaction to the episode? Were you excited to see uh, Brenda as well? I don't even know who she is. Okay. <laughs> she's the mother of the bride. The hotel. No, was she like the hotel? Oh, her? No, not really. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> uh, the I no this episode. No, I didn't care for this episode too much. No. Well, I think I no, think we I know really why. Didn't like um. Okay, that's that's good. <laughs> that's good that you know. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, Deidre. Well, I... Yeah, I'm going to leave it right there. Okay. Well, I I liked the episode. I thought it, there were really interesting aspects to it. Uh, I mean, I would say half of the episode featured characters that I don't necessarily care for the most. But it was nice to see Alicia step things up. Because uh, I, th I think we've complained about her a lot as a character, you know, the whole, you know, teen angst and that kind of thing. So it was great to see her grow up in this episode and continue to grow as a character and mature as a character. As far as Chris, his story is interesting because it's, it's kind of like we're seeing like a budding psychopath, which could be really interesting to see so that aspect of that storyline was was the part that interested me but that storyline was a little slow in my opinion so we'll we'll get into it though but uh before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of fear the walking dead here are a few reminders on how you can interact with us like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash TheRamblingDead. Follow us on Tumblr, fearTheRamblingDead-PCR.tumblr.com. Follow the station on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Papichulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at PapiChuloRadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Papichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at PapiChuloRadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Papichulo Radio programs by visiting PapiChuloRadio.com slash archives and search for Fear the rambling dead through itunes and hit the subscribe button so let's get into the episode and we'll start off at the very beginning with a flashback we see a bride we see a groom they're at the rosarito beach hotel they're dancing it's their wedding reception they're in the banquet hall everything's all dressed up looking pretty we see uh the mother of the bride, the father of the bride, the family, the friends, everyone's having a wonderful time. There's even a freaking DJ, fricker, fricker, work. And we are introduced to Elena, the hotel manager who's keeping everything prompt and uh, on time and making sure all the guests are having a wonderful time. There is a point where the bride and the groom are dancing and she turns over and sees her mother and uh, the mother of the bride and the father of the bride are getting to a little bit of an argument and that kind of thing and so as the father gets called to the dance floor to dance with his daughter, Elena approaches the mother of the bride and uh, the mother of the bride whose whose name is Eileen informs Elena that they will be leaving soon because of reports of this illness that is spreading and uh, there's news that the border will be closed very soon and she'd rather have all of her family and her guests be across the border before the border is closed but Elena's like oh th these are rumors you know it's just stuff on the internet but uh, Eileen informs her that Basically, they have people in the know, and, uh, you know, she may say that they're safe and whatnot, but she'll feel safer on uh, the United States side of the border. So, uh, Eileen gets called to the dance floor, and, and, and um, she says, you know, this will be the last dance, and uh, we're going to leave. So, Elena uh, calls her, her nephew to start getting the cars together and all that kind of stuff, and uh, as uh, they're getting their dance on, on the dance floor, 
the uh, father of the bride has a heart attack and collapses. And so the, the daughter is trying to revive um, her father, mouth to mouth and all that kind of stuff. And Lena tries to call for help, but the phone lines are dead. And then all of a sudden, the father reanimates and bites his daughter on the face panic erupts eileen asks for help from elena elena and her nephew flee and they lock the party guests inside the banquet hall bam so talk about a red wedding so let's get into what happened in the flashback i will say i'm loving that this series has flashbacks the mothership doesn't do flashbacks really so it's nice to see life pre-infection or in the early stages of the infection so i I really enjoyed the flashback i thought it was awesome uh i i you know i think all of us you know once we saw her the daughter giving mouth to mouth we knew something really bad was going to happen so i loved that something really bad happened so let's get everyone (laughs) discussing this legionnaire you're having fun with this what'd you think of the flashback the opening scene Oh, as soon as the father went down, I knew that was coming. I was like, okay, somebody's going to give mouth to mouth and that's going to be it. I mean, it was just, it was shocking. The only shock was that he turned so quickly. Uh, But uh, other than that, I I thought Elena locking everybody in in the uh, banquet hall, I thought that was gangster. I was like, damn. She was like, nope. Not in my hotel. (laughs) Right. Not, Not in my hotel. We're at capacity. Right, I'm locking this shit down until we can get some help and figure out what the hell's going on. So that was that was that was something. Madison, what did you think? I thought that it was really cool. I really enjoyed that scene, um, just because like at first it was just like a normal wedding, and then I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, this place looks familiar. I'm like, oh, I know what this is. I know where this is. And I just kept watching it. It was really interesting. And actually, um, at first, like, you know, when uh, the bride looks over at her parents and Mm. they're like arguing, I totally thought that, you know, they were like, all like, I still can't believe that she's marrying like this guy or whatever. I I thought thought that too. I thought it was like family drama. Yeah. And I was like, really? Mm. Really on her wedding day, like come on, and then they were talking about the infection, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like leave. <laughs> but um, I was really impressed with that whole scene. I really liked it. I was not like I was kind of concerned when they locked them in there. Like I was not expecting that at all. Um, but it kind of makes sense. Like I guess, like in the way that she explained it afterwards, like saying that like she had to think about everybody else in the hotel kind of thing. I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> it was still a cool scene. Deidre, we got to get your take on the opening wedding scene. What did you think of it? Oh, unexpected. It was very interesting. Um, wow. Just really wasn't expecting the the, um, the events to occur that way. I, I agree with Madison, I was like, oh my gosh, she's like, he's a Mexican, she's marrying a Mexican. Oh my gosh. But that was not the case. <laughs> it, because of the looks on her faces, it was like, oh my god. I was so thinking, just like Madison, like, please don't go to that road, <laughs> but it truly was not <laughs> the case at all. <laughs> so, it was, it was, it was interesting. What did you think of the father of the bride biting the daughter? 
okay see that whole thing that was kind of unexpected um unexpected unexpected i'm like okay please don't do it don't do it just die in peace he died so quickly and 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 reanimated oh wow no not expected poppy chula not not expected at all his reanimation shocked me that quick no So we go from the Red Wedding to Travis, who's limping because of his injured foot. He's limping down a Mexican road with Chris in the present, or at least the present of, of the storyline. They find a car in a nearby town, and um, Travis is, is like fixing it up so that they can drive it. And he's like, you know, you should stay here and watch me do this because you need to learn. But Chris sees a like a restaurant down the street and he's like you know i want to go check it out and you know he's like i promise i'll i'll run back if uh shit goes down and so he goes into chris goes into the restaurant and he sees all these supplies water and like this big ass uh can of beans and all this kind of stuff and then all of a sudden he hears voices in the back room and he sees two uh it, like freshly killed individuals on the floor and um so he he stuffs the cans of beans and several bottles of water into his backpack and uh, as he's doing that some of the infected come inside and uh he kills off some of the infected and he saves one of the individuals that were chatting in the back room uh and uh he runs off uh, while more infected come inside while while these guys are distracted from the infected and so uh, he runs back to the car tells Travis to drive 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 and as they drive away a man from the restaurant sees them race off so they're driving they're still driving through the night and uh, Travis lets Chris drive for the very first time because uh, Travis he Chris notices that uh, Travis is uh, struggling due to uh, the injuries on his uh, feet what did we think of Chris and uh, his uh, sort of adventure in uh, the restaurant smart Stupid, well, a little bit, a little bit of both. Eh, I guess I was like, okay, like <laughs> it was subpar. <laughs> um, no, like he was kind of right in like taking their stuff. I guess like it's food, right? You got to do what you got to do, kind of thing. Mm. Um, he did kill like the walkers, so I guess that was okay. That was nice. Like I'm just I'm just getting so sick of him like not being a human. <laughs> like how he's just like you know wanting to kill them just to kill them and like you know what I mean? Like not because he has to just because like he wants to. Like people like that, you know that they're going, you know, like bad shit crazy, right? And I don't want to spend like a whole, you know, a couple episodes of trying to bring him back to humanity and like if he wants to go you know, kill the walkers on, like, a daily basis, then just let him. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to save him, because obviously he's way too far gone at this point. Like, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think, but I'm just, like, so annoyed with, like, trying to save him when he's already, like, made up his mind that he's just gonna kill people for fun. I don't know. 
Okay. Yeah, the boys. The boys lost it. Oh God! Coming back. He's not coming back. <laughs> Deidre, I love your uh, Ian Levinsant uh, assessment of Chris. <laughs> He's not coming back, and he doesn't want to come back. He does not. Legionnaire, do you agree more with Madison or with Deidre? Um. I, I, I don't think that he's beyond saving, but I think that uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a lot harder. I think he did the I mean, I think he did the right thing in the beginning. I mean, in terms of scavenging for the supplies and the situation he was in, I think he did exactly what he needed to do in that. Instance. Yeah, like if he had to like steal food and stuff, like the least of the things that he could do, which we yeah. will see later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like through, it's like, you're wasting so much time on like trying to like fix him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, it's just like <laughs> Deidre's hate for Madison is like my hate. For Chris oh, well, yeah, yes! just like get over it. Like, I'm so done with you. Like, I don't want to watch like him try to fix him. And it's just like, we know he's psycho. Like, just go be psycho with other people. Thanks. Like, don't involve us, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. it's kind of weird how they made him <laughs> psycho because there, there weren't real, really any signs of that. Like in the very well, first season, like, just I think it just like started with like when his mom yeah. died, kind of made yeah, I mean, off yeah. the rocker. Exactly, like I that can do it. it. Yeah, right. Because I think it definitely started to. I mean, I could see it start the spiral when he when he lost his mother. Yeah, and there were there weren't like obvious signs, but there were small things that were like, okay, he's he's that was still a weird. yeah, he was still yeah. in a weird place for a long time, but mm-hmm. like now he's like really he's Cuckoo. really gone over. Yeah, well, let's continue on with them. So, uh, they're having their little journey. They have they have this interesting conversation because you get to see sort of Travis's POV. Basically, he's like telling Chris, you know, one day the world will return to normal. It, it will. It just has to. I mean, there's got to be someone out there, you know, looking for a cure for this. There's just there's just got to be. But Chris is skeptical. So uh, as they're driving, the car runs out of gas. And so they decide to uh, park it sort of like hidden um, out of sight. And they start a campfire near the road. And uh, Travis is sort of like telling Chris what he would like to do. And he's like, you know, we should find a house. It should be elevated. You you know, we need a vantage point, and uh, it should have uh, a well, and it should have this, that, or the other. You know, it should be two stories, you know, with picket fences and a chicken coop and all this kind of stuff. I love that it was very specific. I'm like, dude, you're really going to, you really think you're going to find exactly, like, it should have, like, a, a pool up on the second floor and, like, an outdoor deck. It was like, it was, he was very particular yeah. about what he wanted. But uh, Chris is like, you know, but what's our long-term goal and uh, before they can really get into that all of a sudden a truck parks on the road and it is the men from the restaurant so legionnaire can you pick us up from there yeah the uh the guys from uh the restaurant come and come out and start looking and they're they see the car because of course the car has run out of gas and uh 
you know, as they're looking through the bush, uh, they know that they're out there and they call him out. And of course, Travis steps out, you know, because he doesn't want any trouble. So they all kind of introduce themselves. We have uh, we have Brandon, uh, Derek, Derek, and yes, baby James. Baby James. Yeah. And baby James, yes, baby Deidre. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're all you know talking, and and of course, you know Travis is kind of leery, you know, of these guys, but. Uh, you know, Brandon steps up. Of course, he's the leader of these these stooges, and and you know he kind of um, he kind of calls Chris out as a badass, and 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 Chris is is like lapping Killer it up. Chris. You know, he's feeling yeah, he's feeling like well, yeah, yeah, I, I I am, I am a badass. You know, that was really cool, and I think that's the beginning of what is going to make Travis's work harder. Uh, because Chris is gonna, Chris is finding someone, or at least on the surface, a group that kind of gets him, at least on some level, in terms of how he wants to continue to navigate, navigate the world um, post-apocalypse. Yeah, this is where we learn a little bit about the group. Uh, they were down there in uh, Mexico on vacay, spring break, and then all of a sudden, you know. This infection ended up happening, and they're on their way to their hometown, San Diego, but uh, Travis lets them know that uh, San Diego was burning to a crisp uh, when they uh, floated on by it on the Abigail. It was destroyed by the military along with every major city up the Continental Divide, and so Brandon offers Travis and, Travis and Chris a ride to the United States, but uh, Travis declines, but but does accept a ride to the next town so let's put a pause on these guys and let's head on over to the Sarito beach hotel and catch up with alicia so we see alicia hiding in the hotel room from the infected we see her sort of uh peeking out from uh the peephole and uh, the infected are roaming the hallways i don't know maybe looking for ice or something I hated it. Okay. And so she's playing with a, what's that called? It's a butterfly knife? <laughs> yes. I was yes. surprised how good she was with that thing. She's gangsta. Yeah, well, like, she's kind of, like, whipping it out and, like, rubbing around. And I was like, I was like, wait, is that Alicia? Like, she she can do that? Deidre's like, not buying it. <laughs> I thought it was, Whoever uh, wrote this shit and directed it, they were like, okay, we're going to go Tomb Raider in this episode. It was Tomb Raider. crop. I'm like this is the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god! I thought god. it. I thought it was um. What um? What's her name? From um, Resident Evil. The other no, one. No, 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 guys, like the girl that went the missing. Other girl. Oh, Ophelia. Um, Ophelia. Oh, oh, that would have been cool. Her. I thought it was her, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. You're like, we can finally figure out where she was because she wasn't even in this episode. Like, what the hell? Like, still mysterious. So, I don't know. But I, I when she was doing the whole knife thing i was like where did you learn this like did you just learn this in like 10 minutes that youtube you like jesus <laughs> youtube tutorial it was not flying 
it was not flying. Alicia, I was believing it, just an FYI. Deidre was <laughs> not, but I enjoyed it. And so my favorite part, though, because she was, like, getting all ready. She was, like, putting the ponytail and everything. And then all of a sudden, she looks out the people, and, like, one of them, like, was like, you know, at the people. And I was like, why the fuck would he be doing that? Right, that was so He's funny. telling her, you are not a badass. It's like, you ain't shit. Deidre told him to do that. <laughs> He's like, you ain't shit, I'm gonna eat you. You ain't shit. Oh, gosh. But Alicia does end up venturing outside of the room. And um, she's, like, calling for Ophelia because she heard some banging. And then she turns a corner. And then, like, there's all these infected everywhere. Like, from the front and the back to the side to the north to the because south. yelling down the hall. Well, she was. Why would you... No, no. So she gets no, cornered. Why, no. why would you sit there and look like a badass and all of a sudden start yelling down the hall like you, you have no sense again? Anticlimactic. Alicia, just so <laughs> stupid. Yes. She gets cornered, but she's able to escape by opening up the elevator chute and leaping onto the elevator into the elevator shaft and uh, hanging on uh, the elevator cable then all of a sudden like the the infected uh, like approach her and like they try to like grab her but they end up falling down onto the uh, elevator below and uh, she notices that that uh, the uh, elevator shoots uh, that the door is open on the floor above so she starts to sort of like climb up and then all of a sudden we see elena and she's like you know come on come on child you know come on girl you know whatever she says she said something weird and i was like i was like she's she's a teenager she's like 17 like don't call her a child <laughs> she was like come on child and uh, you know keep on climbing keep on climbing and so she climbs all the way to the next floor and elena you know reaches her arm out and grabs her in and it seems like you know yay alicia is getting saved but then all of a sudden bam elena like pushes her up against the wall and like you know chokes her with a freaking axe and he's like where is he? Where is he? At this moment, before getting into, like, everything else afterwards, like, what did you think of Elena? Because we saw her in the opening scene, and then all of a sudden we see her as, like, this axe-wielding... I didn't recognize her. Oh, okay. I didn't recognize her. I just, like, honestly, because, like, in the opening scene, like, she seemed, like, way more, like, put together... I, well, obviously, it was, like, before the apocalypse hit. Yes. Um, but, no, I didn't recognize her at all. And then, like, I didn't know it was her until she was really talking about, like, how she's been in the hotel for a while. And, like, and then when they got down to the wedding, like, mm. area, that's when I noticed it was her. And I was like, oh, God, like, I don't know. Did you guys notice right away? Because I didn't, and it took me a while to put two and two together. Yeah, I record. I recognized her, but you know, but of course, that just brought up like more questions. It's like, okay, well, you know, how long had it been since the wedding? And you know, she clearly left with someone, and was that the person that she was looking for? Yeah, so I was able to put all that together right away. But it just brought up a whole. Yeah, like what happened? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like okay, now I need those. Now I'm ready to have those gaps filled in. What's up? What's up? What's going on? 
And so, oh gosh. And so Elena filled us in on basically what's been going on. How uh, she's, we learned that she's the one that put the do not disturb, uh, um, what do you call those things, signs, I guess, on the doors. And um, we also learn that she has been secluded in the tower ever since the infection spread how you know she tried to contain the situation but then obviously it came back to bite her in the butt because uh, there were some survivors from the wedding and one night during a um, search for some food her nephew ended up never coming back so uh, in the beginning, Elena thought that Alicia was part of the wedding party until Alicia's like, no, it's just me and my mother and, like, two friends and, uh, you know, I need help because my mother and this and that or the other. But uh, Elena is like, no, you know, you need to tell me what you know and all this kind of stuff. And Alicia's like, I didn't see anybody, you know, but we, we need help for my mom. And uh, we also learned that um, Elena... And her nephew, Hector, they basically have been clearing out the halls and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and she has the power because she has the keys to the hotel. And the person who has the keys has the power. And she has a feeling that the wedding party guests that have survived, they want the keys. And, uh, and uh, she, with her, the help of her nephew, like they've cleared out the halls and, you know, She's been able to sort of like uh, corral the infected. And so Alicia offers to help Elena find Hector in exchange for Elena's help in getting downstairs to save her mother. And so we see Alicia and Elena luring the infected from the stairwell into a room. And Elena shuts the door behind them. Trapped, Alicia runs to the balcony and uh, closes the sliding door, you know, waiting for Elena to appear to help her into the room that's right next to it. And uh, Elena's taking forever, but uh, Elena does show up just as uh, the uh, glass shatters and via, uh, I guess, some bed linen and whatnot, uh, Alicia does scale across her way to safety, although there was a little, you know, oops, you know, I'm almost falling moment, but... uh, they, they do make it, and so they make their way downstairs. Elena says it's the first time she's left since the infection. And uh, while they're in the banquet hall, we sort of hear her side of the story that she locked all the party guests inside to contain the illness. She thought that she was doing the right thing. You know, she had an, a hotel that was filled to capacity, and... Uh, she thought it was the right thing, the right decision, but she says, now they hate me. And uh, Alicia reassures Elena, you know, our group has done worse, and uh, she vows to keep Elena safe. So, Madison, can you take us... The keys. <laughs> yes. Madison, can you take us into what happens next with Alicia and Elena when they find uh, the doors to the hotel bar barricaded? Yeah, um, so, like, they they saw, like, the wedding room and everything, right? Already? Yes. Yeah, so they did that. We realized that, you know, Elena's 
kind of like a, a bad person, but you know, we'll get over it. Um, and, um, so they say that the doors are barricaded and Elena says, well, your mom's either in there or like she barricaded it. Like, we don't know. Like, but Alicia's like, no, I have to get these doors open. She starts ripping all the chairs off and everything. And then a couple people show up and me again, still not recognizing people. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, who are these people? Okay. And then I realized, oh, that's the groom. And that's yes. the, the mother and I guess um, her nephew, uh, Lena's nephew. And he's being held um, captive or hostage or whatever. And um, the mother and the groom are demanding for the keys and saying, like, I'll give you your nephew if you give me the keys. Just give me the keys. And um, eventually Alicia says, just give him the keys, like, whatever. Um then she tosses the keys. They toss him the nephew. And uh, then Alicia rips open the doors um, to the dining room or whatever. And all the zombies, you know, roll out and they hide behind the door. And then the groom and the mother and them just like start backing up. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of cool how we were introduced to those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure how well that's going to go like i don't know if they'll be like, like normal characters now because like they hate elena right so yeah. <laughs> like i don't know if they'll be coming back or if this is going to be like a whole like you know like feud or something i don't know um but they just left with the keys and stuff and yeah so yeah. so before we continue on uh, with uh with everyone at the hotel let's get back to womp womp chris and travis and so uh, yeah y'all can talk about that yes um, <laughs> so we have um, you. chris and travis <laughs> and uh after chris i guess bonds with uh, the americans they are you know they've set up tents and even um a sort of um what would you call it? Like a security system with cans like, yeah, like a camp and that kind of stuff, so that uh, if the infected crosses over, they they at least have some sort of warning. And uh, Chris tells Travis, you know, we should join Brandon's group. You know, they like me. I like them. They get me. And uh, Travis worries that the men are too dangerous to be trusted. And then Chris like, well, maybe that's what it takes. You know, nowadays, man, you know, you should be, you know, that's how you do it. And all this kind of stuff. Sorry. (laughs) And so, okay, so Travis and Chris ride along with Brandon's group. Chris, you know, sits in in, inside of the the, the pickup truck while uh, Travis is uh, sitting in the back. And, uh, you know, they're having a good time, or at least Chris is having a good time laughing and, you know, talking all this frat shit. And, uh, but Travis obviously is not having fun. (laughs) And he's just like, I just want to, I just want to set up a little farm. I just want a house, you know, I I just want a well and everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be back to normal. But Brandon is like, you know, we're gods, you know, like, you know, we were nothing before this, but now we're gods and we're in control. And there's no cops and there's no speeding tickets. This is paradise. And Travis is like, 
You ain't <laughs> you ain't shit. No student loans, nothing, man. See, like, I'd be happy about that part. I'd be happy about that part, but it's just like they're saying, like, oh, yeah, like, it's okay. We can be, like, badass criminals now and, like, psychos, and it's okay. It's like, red flag, red flag. Exactly. Is anybody else noticing that? Deidre, I know you're not the biggest Travis fan, but were you at least feeling him when he was, like, like, really, like, judging and, you know, giving these cocky, you know, uh, teenage Americans, uh, the side eye. Yeah. Okay. So this was the one time no, you no. liked Travis. Oh, yes, completely. He did. No, he he did an outstanding job this entire episode, in my opinion. Yes. Wow. Does that mean that he has his balls growing back? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. Just a. Update you, Madison, for the longest, one of our recurring themes is Deidre complaining that Travis doesn't have his balls, and how mm-hmm. Madison, like, was the protector of the balls, and on occasion she would give him his balls back so that he finally can do something um, aggressive and manly, and Deidre is very um, picky about Travis not having his balls. So whenever Deidre agrees that Travis has his balls back, it's a progression for Travis as a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yes. totally agree. Maybe that's why... Nicely. <laughs> Maybe that's why Deidre hates him so... or hates Madison so much because, like, she has all the balls. Like, she has, like, a, a ball sack and she just yeah. carries them around, right? Yeah. No? They don't fit her at <laughs> oh all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she has too much and that's why she's so in control of everything and that's why the guys are sadly yeah I don't know so as they're driving Chris spots a farm in the distance and so the group drives to the farm to look for food and uh, supplies and, and Travis gets all excited he's like you know Chris you know this is my dream house you know we could stay here this is the farm and it's got crops and it's got a well and you know we're hidden away from the road nobody knows you know about this farm nobody's going to be able to find it you know we could stay here we can move in Chris is like no you know I finally have a group of people that accept me for who I am that don't judge me that don't look at me weirdly you know let's let's you know, I want to go with them. And, and uh, you know, at some point, Chris is even like, you know, you only want to stay here because of Madison, because of, uh, you know, you feel like uh, she's going to find you and she's going to ba- come back to us, but they're never going to come back to us and all this kind of stuff. It's just us and the world. And so Chris refuses to uh, even discuss staying there, saying that, you know, they need to stay with people. They need to be with the group. And so he follows Brandon to check out the barn. So Legionnaire, can you share with us what uh, Travis notices before he heads into the barn and uh, fill us in on the barn action as well? Well, Travis, um, he's looking around and he sees that there are graves. uh, Graves that are dug up, uh, that are not dug up, but graves that are in place. there so he starts to deduce that okay someone must have dug these graves someone who's probably or possibly still around um so of course you know he's starting to look around and in the meantime the uh the bromigos have discovered the uh barn uh with chickens 
So, of course, you know, chickens equals food. So they're running around chasing the chickens and trying to catch the chickens. And um, tra- the, I don't, I can't remember. Does Travis catch up with them? Travis catches up with them. Yeah, yeah. he catches them. Yeah, he catches up with them and uh, is trying to explain to them, hey, you know, I see some, I saw some graves out there. Somebody had to have dug those graves, somebody that might still be here. So, you know, we need to uh, proceed with caution as we're looking around. And, of course, the the owner of the uh, property shows up, you know, who's definitely not happy, you know, that... um, these guys are in there messing around with his chickens and uh you know a standoff ensues so so as they uh all trying to play this macho you know old boy tries decides that he shoots he's going to shoot one of the intruders because you know hey it's nothing like you know <laughs> taking out a guy in a barn who's got his hands on another man's cock uh so <laughs> <laughs> That was very graphic. Nice, nice. Well, baby James did snap the chicken's neck. Yeah, yes. like, what, was that needed? Was that needed? Like, no. you were having a conversation. You could have just waited. Right. So, of course, then, uh, you know, Chris feels uh, threatened, and he decides he's going to man up and, and shoots the poor guy. And so, of course, much to his father's horror... And you know, of course, the 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 Bromigos think it's all cool and badass, but um, poor Travis is just horror stricken that his son has uh, willfully taken another life. Yeah, and so Travis kneels beside the dying farmer, and uh, you know, just looks at Chris and it, with like disbelief, and and Chris like puts his hand out to I guess to help him get up, but Travis turns away yeah i don't think it was disbelief i think it or was horror shock you have lost it you, listen it ain't gonna work kind of look like i got to get the hell away from you look no yeah who are no. you at that yeah. point i was just like okay are we done are we done like yeah. can we just get rid of chris now like thanks like He's obviously a psycho, obviously is going to, like, kill everybody he wants. So just go back to Madison and everybody where you'll be fine. Leave Chris. It's kind of like, it's just like, you know, when you're just so, yeah, it's like, you know, when you're so done with the character, you're just like, okay, like, move on. Kind of like, it's okay if he gets killed, you'll get over it type thing. Ugh. It's just like, he's psycho. Get that through your head. I just, uh, he's such a problem child. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's like, my God. There's no amount of prayer that'll fix him. Mm-hmm. No, and like, obviously, when you have a whole world of like walkers around that he can just go up and kill anytime he wants to, like, it's obviously not going to get any better. You know what I mean? Like, and especially now that he's found these guys that he can go with, just let him go with them. I don't know. <laughs> I'm let just so done with cannibals. him. <laughs> yes. Let yeah, them become so cannibals. Done. Yeah. So done. 
On to a happier story. We have uh, Alicia, <laughs> who uh, now that the the bar is uh, not as packed with the infected, she's looking for Madison, and she sees a woman with a flannel shirt. So it must be Madison, and she assumes the worst. And so she approaches the infected, but no, it just looked like Madison. So Alicia uh, stabs her in the head, and uh, you know. Finding no trace of her mother, you know, they, they have to flee because the infected's all over the place. So they go, they being um, Alicia and Elena and Hector, they flee through an underground tunnel. And uh, when they get to the end of the tunnel, there's a door and it's supposed to be unlocked. Uh, Elena's like, this isn't supposed to be locked. You know, it's supposed to be unlocked, but it is locked. And so they're banging on the door. The infected's approaching and they start banging even more on the door. And all of a sudden the door opens and it is Madison who saves Alicia, Elena and Hector from the infected and so they obviously you know go through the door and there's a little reunion between madison and alicia where is ophelia oh that's the God. big question deidre where do you think ophelia is i know right like she just left town like we had this whole yeah. thing about family and how she's their family now and then she just leaves like all right that was that was good good talk deidre where do you think ophelia is I don't know. It's just really bizarre. She's just like up and disappeared. I don't know. I don't know. You think she's eating those peanuts? Oh, God. No, remember she found the can of peanuts. <laughs> I know, but no, no. I don't know. It's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Are, are we happy yeah, Alicia and Madison are together? Are we surprised that Madison and Strand are alive? No. No. No, they'll kick ass, like... Even drunk. They're both, like... Yeah, even drunk. Like, they're both, like, very aggressive, you know, like... Just overpowering personalities, and... Mm. I guarantee they'll be in the cast for a very long time, because they're very strong, so... I, won I wondered, like, it looked like there was a little bit more people in the room when they reunited. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I saw a few like bodies and some legs and stuff. So I was like, "Oh, more people." Mm. I don't know. Maybe it was more people from the wedding. Bodies and legs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one of those were Ophelia. We don't know. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I like okay. a theory. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, any other final thoughts on the episode as a whole, Deidre? Were you horrified by Chris? Um, yeah, I'm beyond him. I'm beyond. Not horrified, but he's got to go. Oh, wow. Agreed. We're voting him off the island. Yes! <laughs> send him to San Diego. <laughs> yes. Yeah, send him to San Diego. It's just like, we all know that he's going to be a problem. Like, he was even a problem before. Just, you know, with him killing um, the brother... Or whatever. What was his name? Now he kills as it seems to get attention or to get the recognition. Yeah. So this isn't good. This is not good. Like even in the car when he was driving the car and he like started to like speed up once he saw the walker on the road. Did yeah. anybody else get that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Killing, it was very sketch. Just killing to kill. Yeah. Yeah. 
he's not killing to survive. He's just killing to kill because he, like, he's getting a rush out of it. So it's like Negan would love. Oh him. my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised. Like it'd be a cool, like little twist if like he shot like Travis or something. No, I have a feeling but... Travis is gonna have to kill him, which is gonna oh, like okay. forever affect Travis. <laughs> mm. That'd be okay though. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Just look at the flowers. Just look at the flowers. Yeah. Just look at the flowers. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting seeing how Travis is going to react to that, I guess. Or, um, you know, like, what he's going to do. Um, But from right now, I guess, like, the only, I guess, cliffhangers or, like, questions we have is, where's Ophelia? Mm -hmm. How how is Nick doing? And how did Madison and Strand escape? And how is Travis going to, you know cope with what he just saw his son do yeah so yeah i guess those are just the questions but i'm pretty excited to move on i hope everybody gets together like so we can not like jump back and forth between like locations and stuff Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. see everybody in all the episodes um but yeah hopefully that will be soon but I think we will probably have a few more episodes before that. Yeah. Where do you guys think they're going to end up meeting? Do you think we're all sort of like <sighs> headed to La Colonia? Mm, I don't know. No, I'm thinking no. But I yeah. don't know where, but I'm not thinking. I'm not. I'm It'll not probably be like a big, there. a big like scene or something like a big event. And like, they'll all be like, oh my God. Like, and meet up. Like, it'll be like. They won't, like, meet there, like, intentionally. Like, I think it'll be, like, an accident kind of thing. I can see that. Like, you know, to make it more dramatic and climatic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because they do seem to be, like, really spread out. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be really weird to see how how they're all brought back together or when. And I'm really really excited to see um, Josh come back. I feel like he's going to come back. Oh, okay. Um, The freighter dude. The guy that... Yeah, the guy that was like talking to Alicia on the radio, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel scary. like he's just gonna come out somewhere, and like it's just oh, it's all gonna go to shit. Hmm. I feel like that's because they left it open, kinda. Yeah. A little bit, but like I feel hmm. like, you know, I don't know. We'll see. That'll be interesting. <laughs> so, guess what, everybody? It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com slash the rambling dead. So let's start off with uh, the synopsis for the next episode, episode 211, which is titled Pablo and Jessica. And here's what's going to happen. Alicia and Madison tried to bring two competing factions together. Nick uses skills from his past for his new role. Interesting. So we do have an interview with a showrunner, Dave Erickson, that was featured on EW.com. And I have a feeling 
you all will like some of the answers, or at least some of the questions that were asked. And so, this is the big question. This was one of Madison's questions. Entertainment Weekly asks Dave Erickson, where is Ophelia now? Yes. And so here's the answer. You will find out. She's gone a little bit fatalistic after the perceived death of her father and i think she's realizing that time is short she doesn't believe they're going to make it and i think she also does not accept the fact that alicia madison and strand are now constituting a new family she's very much of the mind that blood is blood and for the most part she was forced into the circumstance with this group and now that her father is gone and now that her mother is gone she might see sort of a last ditch opportunity to do something that's about her mm. so she disappears we'll catch up with her in a later episode and see what she's up to that that sounds more like the Ophelia we saw when we first met her at the barbershop. That sounds more like that Ophelia. Okay, mm. that's interesting. They yeah. also ask about the flashbacks, which I thought they gave sort of like a really interesting answer to. So this is the actual question that EW asks. Let's shift gears and talk about what has to be the worst wedding of all time, with the father of the bride eating the bride's face off. You all have used flashbacks a lot more liberally than the other Walking Dead show. Why does that work for your program? And so here's his answer. I like the juxtaposition. I think that what we're building with the Rosarito Beach Hotel is that there is the idea of a fracture, that there are two sides inside the hotel that Madison has to bring together, and that flashback is establishing what happened that drove this fracture between the hotel manager and then the family of the bride and groom. But yeah, it was a horrible, horrible wedding. What I love, though, is that we saw Madison and Ophelia enter the banquet hall last week where the wedding took place. It's almost got this sort of Miss Haversham great expectation sense that it was a celebration that's now trapped in time and I think that it's kind of heartbreaking so it starts as a flashback but we also get to explore the repercussions of what happened on that day and we also get to see how it impacts the characters emotionally because I think when Ophelia sees the residue and the remains of the wedding she thinks about what she lost and what she sacrificed and it's a fundamental moment for her that turns her in a different direction and leads to something of a break for Ophelia from the rest of her makeshift family. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So those are all the spoilers that I have for this week. So Join us next time for a brand new installment of Fear the Rambling Dead. Visit the Poppy Chulo Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for Fear the Rambling Dead and subscribe. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash the rambling dead. Follow us on Tumblr, feartherambling dead dash tumblr.com. 
Follow the station on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chulo Radio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, night, Ramblers. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Fear the Rambling Dead every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Good night, listeners and Legionnaire. Take us out. All right. Not sure which is worse, pulling the trigger on an innocent man or aspiring to join the three bromigos. Chris, where is your head? This is true. Yeah.